0: Hi, everyone. As you just noticed, I did not play an intro today because I'm in the middle of getting a different intro. That other intro is super loud on the new podcast format, super loud. So I'm not loving it. So (laughs) I'm waiting to get a new intro here done. So for a while, I'm not going to have an intro. Thank you for tuning into the program from across the globe today. As you know, I broadcast Monday to Friday weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Today's message is one that I really have on my heart, but it's not going to be a long message. So let's get into it. I hope you are encouraged by this. There was a day that many walked away from Jesus. Think about this now. The Apostle Paul talked in the epistles of Thessalonians about a moment in time when this world would launch a worldwide rebellion against God, against everything holy, against every single thing of God. And there is no doubt that we're seeing this. We're seeing this in our generation. There's so many ubiquitous signs that are pointing to the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. The days are getting hard, and they're going to get even harder. The days are getting harder. They're going to test the very fabric and fiber of every true believer, The scriptures tell us that many false prophets are going to arise and there's going to be a lot of voices out there folks that are going to tell you never mind all that suffering stuff. It's all about you. Forget about all that suffering and all that unnecessary stuff. It's all about how you feel your feelings. It's all about your feelings. It's all about you. This is your best life. You can become a better you. Itching ears don't want to hear about suffering and sacrificing. How many times are we warned there's going to be alternate Christ presented to the point where, if possible, even the very elect would be deceived? Well, what do we see? We see a leading of people to an easier path than the one that Jesus Christ gave for us because of the cross and his call that is on our lives. What's happening in this world is that it's trying to conform God into this world. We're we're having church without the Holy Spirit. We're having church christianity without christ mold god into our convenience shape him into our lifestyles you know what we're really trying to do here we're trying to make god into our image listen god made man in his image and we have it all backwards now let's read something in john 6:60 6, that's john 6:60 to 65 let's see what it says there this is really very telling that's john six sixty through sixty four let's read this closely, many therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Is it the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing' The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. You know, think about all the things that Jesus did. Many were following him initially with great enthusiasm. Why? Because look at all they saw him do. Walk on water, turn water into wine, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. But there's a key issue that we are shown here. See, these guys were, were, they were good when he was making bread for the crowds. What did he say to the disciples? Man shall not live on bread alone. That is even something he said to Satan. Turn these stones to bread, Satan told him. Interesting in Luke 4, there we see the devil saying to Jesus, If you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. One other version says, A loaf of bread. Everyone wants the bread, don't they? Again, they were all good when Jesus was making bread for the crowds, giving them satisfactory food. But he said, To the disciples, man shall not live on bread alone. There's something even more here. That's what he was saying to them. They saw that the power of God could meet their own needs. And that's the key. It was a self-centered idolatry. Think about what they asked Jesus. What shall we do to work the works of God? If you really look at that, study that out. In other words, how can we make bread? How can we get the power of God to satisfy ourselves. Remember when they said, well, our fathers in the desert ate manna from heaven. They're still talking about bread. Jesus said, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. God gives life. Then they said, Lord, give us this bread. There it is again, more bread. It's similar to them saying, fill us, Lord, prosper us, satisfy us. Essentially, Give us the power to make all our problems go away. And what did Jesus say to them? He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who comes to me shall never thirst. In other words, you people are all looking for physical bread and you think that this is giving you a relationship with God. But I'm telling you, I am the bread that God the Father has sent down from heaven. Jesus said, You're laboring for something that does not satisfy. We're called to do the will of God, not what's in it for me, not because how many treasures can I store up in heaven. Jesus essentially said, as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. That is what he essentially said to them. And it was at that point they were offended. They essentially said to him, you do it our way, then we'll make you king. Don't talk to us about godly sorrow or suffering but here's the thing we're called to follow Jesus not our own will are you willing to do whatever he asks are you willing to partake in the persecution with a fully yielded heart today today ask yourself that are you willing to do whatever he asks of you sure as long as he doesn't ask me to fill in the blank think about that for a sec are you willing to do whatever it takes whatever it is he asks. Yield your own plans. Who among you will go? You know, people have a whole lot of nice little cutesy phrases they churn out about counting the costs and willing to do whatever it takes. But let me tell you something the anointing of the Spirit comes with a very heavy price tag. There is always suffering and sacrificing and persecution behind the power of God resting on someone's life. Believe me. You can't truly know. But the question is, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to do it when they spit in your face? Will you do it when you're called the nastiest things you can ever imagine that are right from the pit of hell? Will you do it when your grief and anguish is so tremendous you almost can't even muster another second to go on? When your heart is broken into a thousand pieces and you don't think you can even crawl off your knees? Will you do it when you've lost everything? and everyone you love. See, you're okay when there's bread in it for you. But following him to the cross, that's a different story, isn't it? Paul said to Timothy, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. That there is giving us a picture of it's the enduring, patient, self-sacrificing toil that is rewarded in the affairs of common life. The man endures hardness. Further on in that epistle, the apostle speaks of his having won the crown of righteousness. He had endured hardness on every conceivable level, every affliction for the Lord's sake he had endured. The teaching that Paul gives us in this triple picture here, it's not every soldier that wins its commander's applause, but only the veteran who devotes himself, heart and soul to his profession, not every athlete wins the crown or prize but only he who trains with painful care as our trials increase we need to grow stronger in that which is good a stronger resolution to do god's will this is opposed to our being strong in our own strength our number one goal is to please jesus i think the lord in his mercy has brought me through a long dark tunnel for your sake Making the right choice is hard, but it has to be made. Will you be given for the sake of others, no matter what the cost? Psalm 34 reminds us there, I will bless the Lord at all times, not only when it's convenient, not, well, except for when it gets too much to bear. We as believers, we need to understand the cost that comes from following Christ, and we must be willing To put God first, no matter what the consequences, no matter what, no matter how we feel. A guy told me recently, being a believer is a crutch. It's for the weak. I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it. In every circumstance, we can choose to love and serve others. Being in the will of God means you never put your needs above those of another. It means loving unconditionally, even when it's so hard even when it's the last thing that you want to do. Too many people are spending their entire lives desperately trying to figure out what God wants them to do with their lives. Instead, we have to recognize that God's will is lived out moment by moment, literally, not some grandiose long-term plan. We don't become the person God can use. We already are. There's a cost of true discipleship. There's a big cost. But regardless, are you willing to say, here I am, Lord, I'll go. Let's pray. Lord, give us the bread. Give us this bread of life. You are the bread of life. Lord, we need you. Give us the power and the strength today, Lord, to live beyond our own needs and desires. Give us the strength to reach out to those around us who desperately need our help despite crushing circumstances in our own lives. Father, give us the power to get through our own Gethsemane when everything in us is screaming, please take this cup. Today we say to you, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, lead me, guide me, use my life for your glory, and where you lead us, give us the grace to follow, no matter what the cost. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today wasn't a very long message, but I don't think that it really had to be. I think sometimes it's more about the quality than the quantity. I hope you were blessed by that message, and I hope it gave you something to think about. I will see you tomorrow. Good night, and God bless you.